global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are fluctuating. We've got the Dow and S&P higher right now. NASDAQ is lower. Minutes from the latest Federal Reserve meeting showed officials were split on whether an interest rate increase is warranted soon. The S&P 500 index up a point now at 2179, a gain there of one-tenth of one percent. Dow Industrials up seven. Little change there, up by less than one-tenth of one percent. NASDAQ down a point. The tenure up 4.30 seconds, the yield 1.55%. Gold down 5.20 the ounce to 13.47, a drop there of four-tenths of one percent. And crude oil, West Texas Intermediate up six-tenths of one percent, up 27 cents a barrel right now, $46.85 on WTI. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Tightened greenhouse gas emission standards, fuel economy standards that are tighter as well. That's what medium and heavy duty trucks are facing now, according to new uh, regulations released on August 16th. It's one of the last major environmental regulations under the Obama administration. Watching this very closely, uh, companies like Caterpillar, Cummins, Daimler Trucks North America, and Volvo Group North America. Here to tell us about the regulation, what it's going to do, and what it does mean for the businesses that it impacts is Anthony Adragna. He's Capitol Hill environmental reporter for Bloomberg BNA based in Arlington, Virginia. And, of course, Bloomberg BNA is a wholly owned subsidiary of Bloomberg, and it's a leading source of legal, regulatory, and business information for professionals. So, Anthony, first of all, what is this regulation? How much tighter are the emission standards going to get? So this regulation builds on several similar regulations from the Obama administration, and it's actually a bit tighter, about 10% tighter than what was proposed by the EPA and the Department of Transportation just a year or so ago. So what we're going to see is uh, the whole fleet of vehicles beginning in 2021 and through model year 2027 have to meet these tighter emission standards and tighter fuel economy standards. How much is this all going to cost? Do we have any estimates? I was looking at some that said that it might cost as much as $6,400 for a semi-truck starting in the 2021 model year. So it's, what's interesting is that the, the trucking associations, a lot of the trucking industry groups yesterday said they were cautiously optimistic that this was a regulation they could work with. They said, obviously, implementation is going to be key. Now, the government at the agencies yesterday said that they project that there could be $230 billion in net benefits once this program has been fully implemented and that most truck owners could pay off their additional costs of this new technology within two years, two to four years, depending on the type of truck that they're purchasing. Is that likely to happen? Is what likely to happen? Well, I mean, is it likely? I mean, you know, projecting future cost savings is one thing. Having to shell out current dollars in order to change the emissions of your truck or your semi is something else. It's, it's certainly something that, that the agencies heard in public comment periods, and they've included a lot of flexibility in the proposal designed um, to adjust to the fact that a lot of these manufacturers and companies are small businesses. So they're trying to uh, find the proper sweet spot, I guess, between you know making companies take on these additional costs but also giving them time to, to meet these new tighter emission standards. Hmm. Well, the uh, there's obviously a little bit of pushback, uh, but it, it seems that this is pretty much uh, baked in the cake now. And as your story notes, this is the final act like this under the Obama administration. Anything pending in Congress? 
We we don't expect a lot of action uh, from Congress in what's left of the year. Obviously, they do have to fund the government, so we'll see what happens there. But this is, uh, you know, the Obama administration. They've talked, spoken often about running through the the, uh, the end line in terms of some of these regulatory actions. But really, these truck standards are one of the last pieces that we expect from the president's climate legacy. A lot of the focus this fall is going to be in the courts and defending actions like the Clean Power Plan um, and other regulations um, that are being challenged by industry groups. All right. I want to thank you very much for joining us, Anthony Adragna. He is Capitol Hill environmental reporter for Bloomberg BNA. Bloomberg BNA offers authoritative coverage and spans a full range of legal practice areas, including tax and accounting, labor and employment, and a variety of other business segments. Thank you very much, Anthony. Now let's turn our attention to another segment of the economy, and this is the political world, because, boy, they certainly spend a lot of money on political advertising in this day and age. Alex Wayne is White House editor for Bloomberg, joining us from Washington, D.C. Uh, Alex, uh, spending money on advertising is not something that the Republicans have been doing. Will the shakeup in the Trump campaign change that? We are promised ads starting September 1st, I believe. Uh, and I think you're going to see them pop up probably in Florida. There was an uh, interesting analysis this morning showing that uh, there's just a, a ton of ad spending going on in Florida. It's, it's the key state in this campaign. So have you heard anything about what the ads are going to be like, what they're going to uh, target, how they're going to cast Trump? Only in the most general sense, our our Trump reporter, uh, Jennifer Jacobs, give her a little shout out here. She uh, tweeted that the ads will uh, will attack Clinton and uh, boast on Trump. So that's you know, pretty much standard campaign advertising. If you were going to see an ad on the shakeup in the Trump campaign, what would it look like? That's a great question. I don't want to give the Clinton, the Clinton campaign um, too much advice, but I would think they would probably highlight a few Breitbart headlines in that ad. Well, go ahead. Tell people about that. <laughs> so, so the shakeup puts uh, the uh, the CEO of uh, Breitbart News in charge of Trump's campaign. Uh, Stephen Banyan. Stephen Banyan, he's going to be the, the CEO of the campaign now. Uh, Breitbart is pretty well known for some uh, fairly inflammatory reporting. Uh, and uh, Steve, Steve Banyan is, is not a guy who's afraid of bombast. So yeah. uh, I, I think this is a signal that uh, Trump has no interest in toning, toning down his act. So when you say, when you say inflammatory reporting, what do you mean? Do you mean false? Do you mean aggressive? Do you mean very conservative, which flies in the face of, you know, what uh, other factions want to hear? Um, always aggressive and in some cases false. Uh, Give us an example, please. Sure. One of their infamous stories a few years back, they uh, published a story where they attacked uh, an agriculture department official uh, who happened to be black for uh, supposedly making racist comments in a, in a speech. Uh, they based that attack on uh, video that was misleadingly edited. And when the full video came out, uh, it showed that she was actually making the opposite point than, uh, than Breitbart contended. Uh, pretty embarrassing episode for her, or for, excuse me, for them, but um, it got her fired. So, uh, I, you know, that's a notable episode in their history, I think. Can you give us any detail about the role that Roger Ailes, a uh, former head of Fox News, will play? It's very curious, right? Uh, the New York Times reported that he's advising Trump. The Trump campaign denies it. Uh, we we reported this morning that uh, that Trump had pushed or urged 
uh, excuse me, that Ailes had urged for uh, for for Donald Trump to make these changes in his, in his campaign. So his, his role is awfully unclear. It, it certainly is. Uh, one of the comments I read in our story had something them saying something along the lines, or, or one of Roger's uh, confidants saying, well, of course, they've been friends for a long time. He's talking to Donald Trump, but he's not formally advising him. Uh, Alex, for all the years you've covered these kinds of campaigns, if whatever role Roger Ailes may have, and obviously we know the Trump campaign denied that he has any still, how would you expect that to affect the campaign? Because one thing you can say for Roger Ailes is in, in many ways he's been very effective at the projects he takes on. Yeah, he's, he's a great storyteller. Uh, he's, you know, he, he, he turned Fox News into the, the dominant news organization that it is on, on cable news, at least, uh, because he knows how to, how to craft a narrative. Um, I, I would think that the Trump campaign uh, would want to keep some uh, at least plausible deniability that he has an official role because I, I don't think he is an appealing figure to women voters. Tell us about uh, Paul Manafort and uh, his connection with the uh, pro-Russian party in the Ukraine. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really funky story. Uh, the New York Times reported at the beginning of the week that they had seen a, a handwritten ledger uh, obtained or, or produced by uh, a Ukrainian anti-corruption agency showing uh, payments to, to Paul Manafort in the amount of $12.7 million that apparently he had not reported. Um, he denies that those payments ever took place. Um, so it's 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 not it's not clear what was going on there. Um, and the, the, the New York Times story, it was a, a great story, but the, the lead was interesting. They didn't lead by saying Paul Manafort was paid $12.7 million by, by the Ukrainian government. They kind of backed into the news a little bit. So it was, you know, there was, they, they left some question there about, about, about what had really happened because I don't think they were absolutely sure themselves. Now there's a story today from the Associated Press that um, groups associated with Manafort routed uh, about $2 million in lobbying money from Ukraine to a couple of Washington public affairs firms and that the people involved never reported themselves as foreign agents working on behalf of the Ukrainian government. Um, that could be illegal. Uh, it could it could be perfectly legal. It's, again, not clear. But there are, there are definitely some um, – some interesting connections between Manafort and the Ukrainian government and, by extension, the, the Russian government. And I can only assume that maybe some of Hillary Clinton's new ads will touch on some of these issues. We shall see. Alex Wayne, thank you so very much. Fascinating conversation. He's White House editor for Bloomberg, talking to us about the staff shakeup at Donald Trump's campaign and more. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox. We're going to be looking at Dave Wilson's chart of the day. He's our stock editor. This is Taking Stock. We're also going to be talking about the FOMC minutes. This is Bloomberg.